wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day friends, my name is Pastor William Mawala, pastor of the Paravista and the Gaula Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in beautiful Adelaide. Adelaide, <laughs> thank you for tuning in today. And we are so glad that you have decided to join us on today's Drive Time BQ&A. This week, we're looking at the theme, the Holy Spirit and the illusion of the super Christian. And today, we are going to be looking at the specific question, does the infilling of the Holy Spirit create super Christians? And I'm so glad today because my co-host is my good friend, is none other than Pastor Joseph Matichic. And uh, for those who may not know Pastor Joseph, uh, he serves as a general, as, as a secretary, sorry, and the ministerial secretary uh, of the Seventh-day Adventist churches here uh, for South Australia. So, uh, Pastor Joseph, welcome back to the studio. Oh, it's great to be back, William. It's uh, it's it's been a while since I've been here on Drive Time, and so it's great to be back uh, on Faith FM, particularly for the two of us to to team up again. Yeah, I know that you have been a very very busy man, and. Uh, and we had to shuffle around between the presenters. I got to team up with uh, my good buddy, um, uh, Eric. Uh, and so um, we got to share the studio for uh, a number of weeks on the Wednesday time slot. Oh, sorry, the Tuesday time slot, actually. Yeah. And uh, we know that Gary's, you know, he's he's back. So um, so Gary's uh, back in the studio uh, with the team. So it looks like we're back to our full team now. And uh, yourself and, and me... Um, uh, we're, we're doing the, the Monday uh, time slot. so Kicking off the week, and uh, yeah, so it's good, good to be able to do yeah. that. Yeah, so um, so we're going to be talking about this uh, week's theme, um, uh, the Holy Spirit and the illusion of the super-Christian. But before we jump in, we always like to spend a bit of time, Joseph, on the... Um, on the on the World Watch segment, and I'd just love to share this uh, article in a few moments. But yeah, just before we kind of dive in, just thought I'd ask you, um, how's your weekend? I know we, I was just saying to you offline, uh, we caught up at an an elders consult uh, a, a few weeks ago, and I was just saying to you off off off, off air that um, I think that was the last time we caught up. And so yeah, tell me so so how's uh, things been for you? Um, how was your weekend? Uh, did you get to go to church or did you spend a bit of time just chilling out with the family? So, yeah. So what's been happening in your space? Yeah, a lot has been happening actually. But yes, on the weekend I did uh, go to, to church. Uh, I preached at uh, Sterling up in the Adelaide Hills. Um, All right. Good old yeah, Sterling. So, so I was able to be up there and... Um, yeah, with the folk there who had a, had a good time. And then after that, I, I caught up with, um, uh, a couple and, um, yeah, that was, that was good to, to be able to, to do that. And, um, uh, always enjoy, enjoy getting out and, and preaching, William. Um, and I know you, uh, also, um, uh, are quite, uh, quite good with the preaching and, and I've had the privilege of hearing <laughs> you, you speak and, uh, you, you're, you're a great right, speaker. Right. Um, but yeah, so that, that was that. Um, but I have, um, have been doing a little bit of, um, had, had some appointments, um, a few weeks back that took me away um when I caught yeah. up with uh, my mum last week for a few days um and um now I'm I'm back back again and um uh, as I said at the at the op- at the start of the show I haven't been on drive time on Faith FM for some time yeah, that's right so I'm delighted to be able to to be back to be back um 
doesn't mean I haven't been involved in other things, but um, uh, here I am. Yeah. Ian, if I just, just throw another question your way, Joseph, I mean, in the last week or so, what would you, what would you say has probably been the highlight for you? I mean, just kind of reflecting on the last, you know, week or two, is there anything that kind of jumps out at, at you or something that you really enjoyed in the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, c- catching up with um, um, fam- um, family f- and, and um, a friend. I um, right. um, so, like I said last week, I went went to to visit my mum. Um, she she lives on her own, and I try to yeah. try to you know, keep in touch as much as I can. And um, I was I caught up with a, with an old friend that I grew up with, and. Um, Hearing him share a little bit about his journey, uh, his, his experience, his um, how his faith has grown, um, was was really inspiring. So it was yeah. it was good. We, uh, as I said, I grew up with him, but um, he he lives interstate, um, and so distance separates yeah, us. Yeah. Um, we we don't really uh, get together, aren't able to get together that often. Uh, but we're really childhood mates, and. Um, it was just really encouraging to to spend a little bit of time. He he gave me a lift, and um, so we spent a couple of hours together in the car traveling, and that was that was great. Always good to catch up with old mates. <laughs> it is, it is, yeah, yeah. Oh, that that is super good. Um, just real quick, myself, um, my wife and I, our little one, we managed to go and um, uh, preach at the uh, the Adelaide Samoan uh, Adventist Church. Okay, so um. Pastor Roll and myself, we did a bit of a pull, what we call a pulpit swap. Yes. <laughs> and, um, which is actually great because, uh, when I arrived here last year, uh, uh, Pastor, when Pastor Stephen was here, uh, taking care of Power Vista, you know, serving alongside him and, and he already lined up a few of these pulpit swaps. So, um, kind of continuing, I guess, that, um, you know, that traditional legacy. And so, uh, Pastor Roland came to Power Vista. And he, and he preached the word over there, and I got to go and uh, preach at his pulpit over there, and actually got to lead out in a communion service, which was also pretty nice. cool. Yeah. And um, they had a big, you know, well, they would say it in Samoan culture, it was a small lunch, but it was it was quite uh, an abundant spread. <laughs> they, uh, th- I have been there, um, and most recently, only only a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so you were oh, there, not maybe long? a couple of months ago now. Right. Sorry, and um, I, I I totally agree with you about the the, the food and their, their yeah. hospitality, their their, their gen- generosity yeah. with putting on a on a spread. Uh, it certainly was there. There was there was plenty yeah. of food. Absolutely. Yeah. So so um, to our Samoan. Um, uh, if you're if you're listening and, and you were there on the weekend, uh, thank you so much because you you really made me and my wife and and my little one, our little daughter Naraya, you you made us feel so welcome and uh, yeah, we just drove home. We were just praising God, you know, um, uh, that we got a chance to fellowship uh, with our um, Samoan uh, brothers and sisters in Christ because you know because um, we don't often get the chance to go to other churches because I've you know because I've got the two churches and it's. Either one or the other, pretty much. So it was really good to just step back and, um, Pastor Roland actually came back to this, to the church where, his church where we were, yeah. towards the tail end and he caught the tail end of the communion service and we, we sat together and we got to eat and he was just, you know, yeah, we were just fellowshipping and just having a good meal. So, so it was great. So, so I'm glad that we're back in the studio, Joseph, and that we can, um, um, you know, lead out in our, uh, drive time, uh, BQ&A. Um, so, so yeah, so look, we're going to switch gears and I just want to share for our World Watch segment, this is the time of our show where we share something, I guess, on the world stage, something that's happening in nationally. Now, I know we for the last few weeks, actually, 
uh, our presenters and even myself, we've been looking a little bit at what's happening in Ukraine and just mm. some of those developments. But I thought I'd switch gears, Joseph, and I want to share an, um, an article that's taken off the uh, uh, from the Amazing Facts uh, Christian Media Ministry and uh, went online there and they've got a, a number of different uh, various news articles. But this one caught my attention. And... Um, the, the title of this article uh, was it was dated back in October 2021, so just a few months ago. And the, the article is titled, Is Your Child Praying to Aztec Gods in the Classroom? Now, I wanted to say this to you uh, before I mentioned that article, Joseph. When you hear the words, uh, Joseph, omnipotent, uh, supreme, and creator, what or who actually comes to mind when you think of those big words, omnipotent, supreme, creator. Who who do you think that's talking about? I mean, if I were to just ask you right Yeah, now. What, what would first come to my mind would be God. Yeah, absolutely. God is omnipotent and the yeah. creator. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Well, the article here um, suggests, uh, well, not suggests, it's actually the article is saying that, uh, that now let me get this right, Tezcatlipoca, now, to my South American friends out there, I may have butchered that name, but Tezcatlipoca is also known as omnipotent, supreme, and creator God, Joseph. Right. So basically, here's the jits of the article. I'll probably read it the first couple of few lines and I'll just kind of open up for us to maybe add a comment or two. It says, it says, Tezcatlipoca is omnipotent, is supreme, and is a creator God. What does that remind you of? Well, Tezcatlipoca. Lepoca is an Aztec deity in a Mesoamerican culture known for its polytheistic mythology. Tezcatlipoca has three brothers and he's often set in opposition to one of them whose name is, now here's another mouthful, Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> I think I may have got that wrong. But this brother, the brother of Tezcatliopa, he's known as a thief, he's known as a plumed serpent he's also known as the morning star very interesting which has very um yeah that's a biblical reference isn't yeah, it yeah biblical <laughs> reference so when you go to this article basically what this article boils down to is um so it basically talks about this um aztec um you know gods and and what they kind of some of their mythology and their kind of you know their stories within this culture but i think why this uh, article's reference because in California, Joseph, now let me go back to the article. It says, so it's just spent some time explaining these Aztec, you know, um, mythological gods, so to speak. And then the section here in the article says, teaching them to pray. And now your children may be learning how to pray to these Aztec gods. If you live in California and have enrolled your child in its public schools, then the new ethnic studies model curriculum, unanimously approved in March 2021, um, and has a chapter containing affirmations, chants, and energizers, which includes the following statements. Uh, these can be used as energizers to bring the class together, together, sorry, build unity around ethnic studies principles and, and values, and to reinvigorate the class following a lesson that may be emotionally taxing or even when student engagement may appear to be low. So the article kind of pulls out these quote, energizers that that the teachers would, you know, get the students to kind of recite and chant. And so so a little excerpt from one of these chants, it goes back to the article, it says, several of these energizers are then listed in detail of notes an Aztec prayer called In Lac Ek, 
affirmation. I think I got that right. In it, the names of several gods, including Tezcatlipoca, Quetzalcoatl, <laughs> sorry, and their brothers, are collectively invoked 20 times, four times each. And then the article says, here's one interesting excerpt, and the quote is from one of these, you know, uh, chants. Not just thinking and talking, but making things happen with agency, resiliency, and a revolutionary spirit. Tap in to the spark of our universal heart. Um, in Lack Ek, it means you are my other me. The goal of In Lack Ek, sorry, is to be part of the whole. We do not exist as separate entities. We exist from our belonging and relationship with the community and with everything that surrounds us. And basically, I guess the article is saying, Joseph, that there is a, there are schools in California that have been basically a part of the curriculum is to get these young kids to kind of, in the interest of, I guess, being more informed of some of these ancient, you know, mythological kind of cultural, you know, studies, so to speak, that to get these kids to start chanting some of these prayers that were evoked by these, you know, these cultural, you know, um, um, groups, you know, you know, hundreds of years ago. Now, here's where it kind of becomes relevant. And I'll probably just do just, just a couple more minutes here. Um, certain parents, the article says, are not happy about it. On September 3, 2021, three of them, three parents, represented by the law firm, the Thomas More Society, have brought a lawsuit against the California Department of Education. The official complaint lists the prayer as, quote, a, govern- a governmental endorsement of religion that is not permissible and violates the free exercise Establishment cause and no aid clauses of the California institution. End of quote. It requests that it, as well as another prayer from the Yoruba religion, be removed from the cu- curriculum. So I guess, and look, probably time's getting away from us, Joseph, but here is some parents basically. I'd love to hear maybe a couple of what you may be thinking, Joseph. There's some, there's some concerned parents in America in this state of California that say, hey, we shouldn't they're not really comfortable in having their kids learn and recite some of these, you know, ancient chants and, mm. and whatnot from these particular, you know, according to probably their view, some of these, you know, pagan, um, you know, deities, so to speak. Yes. And if you read the article, you know, the guy, the guy representing um, these families from this Thomas More Society, he's, he says in the article there that apparently in California, Joseph, that it's, you know, it's not, you're not allowed to pray in school. And so he makes the argument that, hey, imagine if it was flipped the other way around and then, you know, you know, the curriculum will be getting kids to learn the Lord's Prayer and all these Christian things. Obviously, there'd be a bit of backlash. So he's kind of arguing from that case. Well, hey, look, imagine if it was, you know, from the Christian point of view, putting religion into the class. So. So yeah, that's kind of where the article is, mm. and um, yeah. So I know you got ki- you, you got uh, children in high school. I mean, what would you do if yeah. if you're yep. if they were in a school that was you know being encouraged to do some of these things? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because as you said there, William. Um, uh, once upon a time. Um, there would be uh, a more a Christian focus in, in in schools now. Now, of course, we're talking here probably, uh, I guess, public schools yeah. or, or government, you know, government-run schools. Um, now, we would we would um, we would know that um, 
over the last little while, um, and this one's this one's referring to the United States, William, but um, certainly yeah. here in Australia, um, for the last little while, there's been quite a shift away from having um, uh, Christianity and religious instruction. Um, being uh, being required, being being imposed across uh, across schools, being being imposed upon students, um, people don't want that, and um, and so there's been no uh, yeah. n- 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 no no religion yet. What you're pointing out there is here is um, yeah, it, it's a kind of a prayer. Now it's 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 not a it's not a, it doesn't sound like a full blown uh, religious. Uh, yeah. Service that's going on, or, yeah. or a full-on prayer, but it's it's a it's it is something that's that is starting to get that way. Yet, if if the, as you said, if there was something that was Christian, if if it was the Lord's prayer, if students were made to to um, to express Christian words and Christian prayers, there would be an uproar. Because yeah. people would say, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't be doing yeah. Yeah, that. Uh, we we don't want that." So, yet here is a an, a really ancient civilization, um, in in the name of history that, that they're bringing it in. Um, William, I think the other the key thing there is that um, so two things. One is I'm not totally surprised mm. in the sense that this is yet another bit of an evidence of the fact that there is an increasing. Uh, shift in our society away from the Bible, away from Christianity, away from um, biblical principles right. and and those teachings, um, and and uh, an unopenness to to yeah. pagan ideas, can we say, to secular ideas, and here to this ancient um, you know a- ancient empires um, uh, concepts. So that that doesn't surprise me. The other thing too is that. Um, I, you know, I believe clearly that um, the God of the Bible is a God who has given free will to humans, right. and He wants people to choose to worship Him, worship, and uh, and by that I'm, I'm including things such as expressing prayer, praying to Him, is something that God wants a person to voluntarily, right. uh, willingly offer to Him. Yeah. In other words, you cannot. Um, and make a person pray mm. or praise him, um, worship or, or come to belief. God doesn't legislate that. God doesn't. God doesn't enforce that. He wants because he wants to come. He wants that response to come from the heart. Um, and so, no matter what it was, even though I firmly believe that we should acknowledge God and um, and and follow Him, absolutely. And that's that's part of the whole reason we 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 we, you know, we run Faith FM. You know, yeah, of course. Yet. We want that. Uh, we firmly believe that this is something that that's meant to be a a response where people uh, choose to want to accept God, believe, pray to Him, sing to Him, uh, and worship Him. Yeah, nicely put, and I I love how you balance those two ideas out there, and uh, I totally resonate with that. You know, at the end of the day, God doesn't want us to. He doesn't want to force religion. No. So, um, so that that's our world watch. We um. Yeah, we're just letting you know that that's happening in another part of the globe and there are some faith-based parents who are looking at some of the things coming down the, the line in terms of uh, what their kids are being taught and, you know, they're making their voice heard. They're not, they're not very they're um, happy about it. Yes. So, so, so thanks for um, – so that's our World Watch segment. We're going to go to some music in just a, a minute, but before we do, we'd like to just um, promote our free book offer. So our 
free book offer for this week is the book titled Steps to Personal Revival. And uh, we would love to give you a copy of the book Steps to Personal Revival. So basically, it is a book about the personal experience of having the Holy Spirit in, in one's life. And so this uh, is written by Helmut Hobel, I think it's pronounced. I think he's a German chap, and uh, I understand he was a he was a businessman before um, in going into the ministry. And so the, the title of the book is called Steps to Personal Revival, Being Filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says here, what did Jesus teach about the Holy Spirit? Is there a spiritual cause to our problems? Is the cause a lack of the Holy Spirit? How can we grow and be happy and also be strong Christians? How can the Holy Spirit fill our lives today? And so that is the book that we would love to give from us to you as a free a gift. If you would like a free uh, copy of the book Steps to Personal Revival, why don't you text us the code word and the text for this week is SA39. There's no space between that. So SA39 uh, to 0488880811. So once again, if you'd like a free copy of Steps to Personal Revival, please text us the code word SA39 to 0488880811. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. Yes, 
when you walked among men. Well, Jesus, you know, if you're looking below, that is worse now than then. Oh, there's pushing and shoving. Teach me to take one day at a time. One day at a time. Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you. Just give me the strength to do every day. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with myself, Will Moala, and my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichich. Pastor Joseph is the Secretary and Ministerial Secretary here uh, for the Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in South Australia. So we we are back in the studio. If you've just tuned in, we're taking it as our theme for this whole week, the Holy Spirit and the illusion of the super-Christian. And today... Myself and Joseph, we are looking at the specific question, does the infilling of the Holy Spirit create super-Christians? So, Pastor Joseph, why don't you walk us through uh, today's uh, question. Um, does the infilling of the Holy Spirit create super-Christians? Yeah, thank you. Well, it's, it's great to be able to uh, to share on this one. And um, as we get into this topic, I thought it'd be really helpful, William, that at the outset we we kind of set the scene. Right. And look at the Holy Spirit, you know, who is the Holy Spirit and, you know, what, what's his role and, 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 um, what the Bible actually teaches us. And so as we, as we like to do here on Faith FM, we, we want to hear, uh, from, from the Bible and we're going to look at, look, look at scripture together. Um, as we look at this, this particular, uh, topic today and, and then, and, and, and this week. And I know that we've got some interesting ones. Now I'm going to, not going to, um, steal the thunder of our presenters later this coming week, but right. th- this is a topic that, that is intriguing, you know, mm-hmm. um, amongst, uh, you know, Christians, um, the Holy Spirit and, um, maybe not that well understood by others. Um, and then if someone's listening for, perhaps for the very first time, mm-hmm. um, well, we, we just really hope and pray that, um, you will, you will really gain something that will be, that will be a blessing. So, um, let's, let's look at, um, uh, first of all here, when, when Jesus was here on earth, right? Right. Um, he, he spent, um, in public ministry, in his public life, three and a half years working with a group of people we, that we know, obviously, as his disciples, right? Yes. And um, Jesus uh, spent time. Essentially, they were they were sp- 
spending a lot of time together because he was preparing them to carry on his work when he would finish. And so Jesus, um, as we know from the Bible, he he was um, he came to to die for our sins. He was he was crucified on the cross. He died on the third day. He rose again. He rose from the grave, and um, and then he spent just a few uh, short uh, day, a few, few a short period of time with his with those disciples of his before he ascended back to his heavenly Father. Yes, and um, in that period there, he um, he was meeting with his his disciples, and it's recorded in the Gospel of Luke. That uh, when he was w- together with them on this occasion, just before he he left them, uh, he said this. Uh, it's recorded that he, he, saying this in Luke chapter twenty four. Uh, Jesus said, "I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high." All right. And uh, and then the next words we see when he had, had le- when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany he lifted up his hands blessed them and while he blessed them he left them and was taken up into heaven. These are a couple of the last verses of the Gospel of Luke. This is right at the very end. Jesus here and he he says to his disciples that he's going to send them the promise of the Father, and but they were to stay in the city. They were to wait okay. until they received power. Interesting. That's that's key. What is this power? Well, if we go over to to the book of Acts now, the book of Acts, uh, the Acts of the Apostles describes events from when Jesus ascended, effectively, um, and the the uh, beginning of the Christian Church. Acts chapter one uh, starts uh, off by the. the just those few days that Jesus was with his disciples before he ascends. And it says here, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, the Bible says, On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, that is with his disciples, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. Right. Okay? Notice says that. that again. Yeah, yes. Back in Luke, he said, uh, wait, stay in the city, and wait for what my father has promised until you receive power. Here we find uh, very similar things where Jesus tells them to wait for the gift that my father has promised. What is this gift? What is it that he said back in Luke would be the the, the, the power that they would receive that was promised? Uh, very next verse. Acts one five, Jesus says, for John, that's referring to John the Baptist, he baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then we come to verse 8, but you will receive power, Acts 1 verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. All right. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And after that, he ascended to heaven. The last words of Jesus. He, 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 prom- he tells his disciples, wait until you have received the promise, uh, until you've received power. And, uh, and that power is when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. Um, so 
Jesus here is promising that they would receive power in the form of the Spirit that would come upon them. In another place, he refers more to about the promise of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And that is found in the Gospel of John. In a couple of places, uh, we read, for example, in John chapter 14, Jesus said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. Then Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Notice these words very carefully. Jesus says that he will um, uh, pray to the Father and to give another counselor. Right. So we've got God the Father. We have Jesus, and he's preparing to leave his disciples, return. And he Mm -hmm. says, we'll send you another one. That's the third, essentially the third member of the Godhead, if you like. Um, Here it's referring to him as another counselor or the spirit of truth. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says that to his disciples, those followers there, that he's going to be in them. He's going to be with them. And notice these words. Jesus says, I won't leave you as orphans. I'll I'll, I'll be with you. Uh, Right. And... um, He's, he's, he, he's preparing them, William. He's preparing his disciples for his departure. He's going to go, but he's, he, he wants to assure them, oh, you won't be left alone. Right. Because I'll come to you. Won't be me literally, but it will be the Holy Spirit who will be, he says, who, who will be, uh, he will be in you. Uh when we when we go over to John chapter 16 and verse 7, it gets even more interesting. Jesus says this, But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I'm going away. Okay. Now, that would have been a bit startling to them because they had spent three and a half years really close with him. They had, they had followed him. They had heard him, that everything. That, that, you know. And now he's telling them he's going, but he tells them it's for their good. How can it be for their good? Well, let me complete the verse. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counsellor, remember we saw that in chapter 14? Mm-hmm. The counsellor, that's the Holy Spirit, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, that's the promise that Jesus gave gave here to his disciples, that, he, right. that he would send, uh, the, send the Holy Spirit. And William, that's exactly what happened. Uh, in Acts chapter 1, we read verse 8 where Jesus said to them, you will receive power. And he said to them, wait until right. you receive power. Yeah. Wait in it. Jerusalem. Jesus ascended to heaven. They remembered his words. They remembered his instruction which he gave to them, which was to wait in Jerusalem. And they did wait. Uh, the Bible tells us that they were all gathered in one place. And then it says it happened there, they're all together. This is recorded in Acts chapter 2, remarkable. Acts chapter right. 2, verse 1 onwards. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, the, and then it says that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit yeah. And it be, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit Enabled them. 
if we read on, we read about the fact that they begin, uh, people heard this, a crowd gathered, Peter, you know, the Apostle P- Peter here, um, he pre- stands up and he addresses addresses the crowd and essentially he says this is this was a promise. They shouldn't be astonished what's happening here. And he he he, he preached and calls people to come to be, to believe in Jesus. And um, the, one of the significant points there near the end is that people are, are, are cut. It says they 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 are moved. They cut to the heart. Verse thirty seven, and they asked Peter and the Apostle, "What shall we do?" And Peter replied, "Repent." Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he adds this, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for whom God God will call. Now, what we, what we discover here, William, is something really interesting. Jesus promised that when he would go, he would send the Spirit. Right. And he said this to his disciples. Now, you remember what the disciples were like, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, when they were with Jesus, and Peter Peter was a classic. I mean, he uh, he always kind of yeah. would be the bold one. He'd speak out. But remember what actually what he what actually he did do though when Jesus was arrested? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what was he like? He he um he didn't come through. He, he was he, impulsive and exactly, and he, he denied his master. Mm. The others fled when Jesus was arrested. Um, and so these were these were these were timid people. Um, there was between fearful them, as well, you know. Fearful. Yep. There was a bit of um, rivalry between yeah. them at the last supper we read. There was all right. this kind of thing. These were not people ready to take over um, Jesus' ministry and, and <laughs> at That's all. Right. But what we find is something happens here. They become changed people, yeah. and this is what I'm getting at. Now, this might sound, this is now getting to our question where we're looking at, does the filling of the Holy Spirit create super Christians? It creates changed people, William. Right. I wouldn't say super Christians. Peter is a changed man. He preaches boldly now yeah. in chapter 2. In chapter 3, um, he, he does it again at, at the temple gates. In chapter 4, this is in Acts, Acts through 3 and 4. In chapter 4, Peter and John are arrested and uh, called before uh, the, the Jewish Sanhedrin, the council, and they commanded to stop. And Peter says, we cannot stop and we won't stop. You see, Peter has been a changed man. And you, you're attributing that, uh, Joseph, to the... The infilling of the Holy Spirit. Oh, exactly right. Yeah. The Holy Spirit changes us. And and I'm going to come back to this um, after after our break, William, but let me just make this make this thing. Uh, make make this point. Um, what what had happened is this. The the, the, the disciples who were changed, Ben, were changed for two reasons. One, they had been to the cross. Now listen, right. follow carefully. Okay. They had been to the cross. They they had seen their master hanging on the cross, and that 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 changed them. That in a sense, that kind of broke. That was the turning point. Mm-hmm. They'd been to the cross, and then after that, in a sense, that was their conversion. And then the Holy Spirit comes into them, and they are empowered. They're emboldened, and they they live and they speak mm-hmm. for Jesus. So I love I love what you just said. Just to kind of you were saying that. The, the infilling of the Holy Spirit doesn't doesn't make them super Christians, but it but it changes them. I like how you kind of uh, use that word that they were changed as a result of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Um, love for you to kind of unpack that a bit more, um, Joseph. But we're going to just go to a uh, just a very quick break. So please, uh, I know you've got a, a bit more to share as we um, come to our just round the bend for our 
as we wrap it up because we've, we've still got a bit to go. But I just want to just quickly do our, our book uh, promo offer again because if you're loving what Pastor Joseph is saying and, and you're going to really love our presenters as they unpack this uh, theme about um, this idea of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we'd love to give you a free copy of the book um, Steps to Personal Revival. I've personally read this book myself. I remember while I was pastoring at Grafton, we, we read this book together for our Wednesday night prayer meeting, and it is beautiful because it really gets to the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, and that is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So if you want a copy of this book, we would love to put it in your hands. Please text the code word SA39 Once again, you want a free copy, please text us right now. SA39, that's the code word, no spaces between. So SA39 to 0488880811. We're going to some music. We'll be right back with more from Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've got peace of mind like you've never known but things change when you're down in the valley don't lose faith for you're never alone For the God on the mountain Is still God in the valley When things go wrong He'll make them right And the God of the good times Is still Still God in the night You talk of faith When you're up on the mountain But talk comes so easy When life's at its best Now it's down in the valley Trials and temptations That's where your faith Is really put to the test For the God on the mountain Is still God in the valley With things
That was God on the Mountain by Linda Randall. You're back with Drive Time Beer Q&A, myself and Pastor Joseph. We're on the right on the tail end of today's show, so we've got a couple of minutes to go, but I really want to pass the time back to Joseph. If you've just tuned in, we're looking at the theme for the whole week, the Holy Spirit and the illusion of the super Christian. And today, Joseph has just been unpacking for us trying to uh, tackle the question, does the infilling of the Holy Spirit create super questions? So before the break, Joseph, you said um, that Peter was changed. Yes. And a, a drastic uh, conversion. You talked yep. about the cross and yep. you talked about the implications. So in the remaining time we got, take us through with um, what does it mean uh, the ha- having the infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives? The Holy Spirit is... Um one of God's greatest gifts, um, apart from Jesus, that that, that Je- when Jesus promised that when He would uh, leave, ascend to heaven, He would send um, the Comforter, the Counselor, and He told His disciples to wait until they received power. Amen. And it was that power, the Spirit that came into them, th- that that changed them, that transformed them. That's that's the that's like probably that the, the key. That, that <laughs> transformed those uh, that that group of people, and and then they were emboldened um, to to preach and teach for Jesus and live live lives and that really launched the Christian movement and it just it just spread and exploded William through the yep. Roman Empire uh, like like nothing else and um, what what happened there historically is is actually a, a a model a pattern for what happens individually in the lives of of Christians um, since then William okay that is when we have when we accept Christ, yes, we also have His Spirit that works in us. Right. Uh, when you believe in Jesus, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's because the plan of salvation includes uh, both Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for us, but also His Spirit to live and guide in us. I like it. All and, right. And we see that in 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 other places of Scripture. I uh, I would um, want to suggest um, this. That we're saying, Calvary is the root, Pentecost is the fruit. Okay, can you say that one more time? That, that's Cal- pretty cool. The way Calvary you put it. is the root. So Calvary, yeah, that's the cross. Yep, the cross. That's and Jesus. Pentecost comes as as the fruit. Right. So they're they're in inseparable. You cannot cannot separate. You, you need you need both. That then that's that's all we see with those early disciples. It was the cross that was the turning point. And then it was the spirit that um, that came into their into their lives. Um, the, the, you know, that's the good news of the gospel. Um, so you're saying basically, Joseph, is um, when one truly accepts Christ, when they accept Jesus' death on the cross for their sins, and they accept the message of Jesus, that you're saying that um, that as one accepts Christ, that they will. Have the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's exactly what I'm yeah, saying, William. Right. And, that, and that's, okay, that's, that's the good. thing. So um, let, let me say this. Um, God expects that the filling of the Holy Spirit is, is something that's normative for the person who has accepted Jesus. Okay. And so we, we read in Acts 2, uh, verses 38 and 39, when people heard Peter's sermon there that's recorded and they were cut to the heart and they are moved and they asked what shall we do Peter says repent Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit Okay, it's right there. repent 
and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there's the two sides of the same coin, if you like. They go together. Um, Accept Christ's um, sacrifice on the cross, and then comes the the Spirit. Calvary, then Pentecost, the cross, and then the Spirit. One follows follows the the other. other. And it adds here, verse 39, Got to stress this. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Okay. Sometimes people think, well, you know, the Holy Spirit is, is reserved for those who have, you know, uh, some special <laughs> manifestation or whatever yeah, else. Yeah, and we're yeah. going to pack that as the week goes on. But I, I want us to see here, it, it is, um, and it is as simple as when you accept Jesus, he then gives you his, his, his spirit to live in you. Look at this in, in a completely different passage, for example, uh, over in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verses, uh, verses 19 and 20. Now, this is interesting, William. Um, uh, the Apostle Paul here writing, and he says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom okay. you have received from God? Right. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Even there, you see both. Yeah. He says you, you, you were bought at a price. That's referring to the cross, what happened okay. on Calvary. Yes, yes. And then he says the Holy Spirit is in you. Is in you. So again, God expects the filling of the Holy Spirit to be a normative experience for those who believe in Jesus. So our question today, does the infilling of the Holy Spirit create super Christians? No, it creates changed Christians. It, it It is a result. The Holy Spirit is the gift that he gives us to, to any believer who truly has come to him and, and believes and accepts him. And um, that's why, um, if I can maybe um, summarize it this way, and, and actually these aren't my words. Somebody, uh, somebody's put it this way. I need Jesus for my eternal life and I need the Holy Spirit for my internal life. All oh, right. I Let like me say it. that one more yes, time. Yes. I need Jesus for my eternal, eternal life, uh-huh. and I need the Holy Spirit for my internal life. It's beautiful. So what are we saying? We are saying that as a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit already living in you. That's what the Bible says. You have him living in you. We need to accept that. And then... Yeah, you know, Romans chapter eight verse nine tells us that if we are Christ, then we we have the Spirit. Mm. Um, in other words, if you're a Christian, you have the Spirit. Unless you are not a Christian, you, you don't have to wait for Him. He is already there. Mm. You've received Him when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. Perhaps we just haven't realized the fact that He's there working in our lives. And um, so, to, to to conclude, God expects. The filling of the Spirit to be a normative uh-huh. experience. The, the, here's the greatness, greatness and the goodness of God. It's not just what He's done for us on the cross, but He then what He does in us through His Spirit to enable us to live lives for Him. I I couldn't have said it any better, Pastor Joseph. I love how you saw the, you know the for us and the in us. So, hey, guys, we are actually just running out of time, so we're going to have to just um, end this show today. I wish we could keep talking about this, Pastor Joseph. I'm so excited when you're unpacking Scripture, and I'm thinking of of just how the Holy Spirit um, wants to be in us. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking as you were sharing here in the studio, just, just um, 
more of God. If we want more of God, that's it. it that's, that's how He communicates through it. His Holy Spirit, and He wants to be in us. That's, so that's exactly right, William. To any any person out there listening, anyone who has yeah. genuinely accepted Christ, God's the promise is there. Accept it. Claim it. Believe it that he, God, you have the Holy Spirit now working in you. The very fact you tuned in, listening today, Amen to is that. just another evidence of that. All right, Pastor Joseph. Well, hey, guys, it looks like our time is up for today here on Drive Time BQ&A. Uh, please join our presenters, Gary and Eric, as they look at the question tomorrow, why is the Holy Spirit so key to personal belief? And so um, we would hope that you would join uh, Gary and Eric in our uh, Drive Time BQ&A tomorrow. So that's it from Pastor Joseph and myself in the studio today. Hope you can join our team tomorrow. But until then, we leave you with the words of our Savior Jesus Christ in the Gospel of John chapter 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God bless you and thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.
Jesus will walk with you. 